1: Free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on. Must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert.
2: This is the Locked On Auburn podcast, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast, presented by Fetch Me Home Delivery. Thank you so much for sponsoring the show. So they've, they've started delivering even later at Fetch Me. On Friday and Saturday nights between 11 and 2, they're still open. They will still deliver. So if you're at a point where you probably shouldn't drive or leave the house, they can take care of you. Or if you just don't want to leave the house, they will take care of you. And it's still going to be that that, that, uh, that friendly service that we've all come to know and love throughout the Auburn and Opelika area and all the folks that are able to use FetchMe. Me. So if you want to take advantage of that, you can use Fetch Me, uh, the free Fetch Me app or FetchMedelivery.com and use promo code FetchMe20 for your first delivery free. Thank you so much to FetchMe Me for sponsoring the show today. All right, so yesterday's Signing Day podcast, Michael and I kind of went through everything that happened as of, uh, I think we recorded around 2 o'clock, and we talked about it saying, hey, we don't know what Eric Reed is going to do, but I mean the, the the I mean everything just went perfect for Auburn. I mean everything that was realistic went absolutely perfect for Auburn. We talked about it yesterday going into signing day. There were really five battles that were still up in the air, and Auburn won four of them, four out of the five, and the one they lost, I don't think they were expected to get Walker out of. Uh, let's see, that was uh, the one that got away. Um, Was I think his name was Dallas Walker. I'm confirming Yeah, Dallas Walker, the Tennessee player who uh, he stuck with his Texas A&M pledge. So I I don't know how confident Auburn was going into that anyway. But just looking at it and just feeling the buzz around the Auburn fan base right now, people are jazzed. People are fired up about it, as they should be. As they should be. So uh, looking at Auburn is the seventh-ranked class right now. In the two four seven sports composite, but yeah, so the the guy that I haven't really talked about because when Michael and I recorded yesterday, that was um was Eric Reed, and so that's that's kind of how Auburn ended their day yesterday. They beat their rival Georgia to sign four star cornerback Eric Reed. He's a Louisiana kid, Shreveport, Louisiana, and he's got a pretty big frame. Let me pull up his um. Let me pull up his page here on 247. So, yeah, four-star guy, 6'1, 197 pounds from Shreveport, Louisiana. Plays at a uh, Calvary Baptist Academy. And this is a guy that, that Auburn fans should be pretty, pretty stinking pumped about. I mean, this this really just kind of put an exclamation mark on their day. So he decommitted from Ole Miss on December 2nd with all of the you know the, the coaching situation. And a lot of people thought he was going to go to Georgia. And then, really, in the last seventy-two hours, is what Keith Niebuhr of Auburn Undercover was reporting, saying, "Hey, Auburn's getting some traction here." And man, they were—they um, <laughs> were right. And so, uh, in fact, here it says uh, the Tigers recruiting another four-star corner, Brian George. So, would Auburn have any? Would Auburn have any options? Many wondered. Yes, it would. While Georgia seemed to be the clear favorite for Reed, just seventy-two hours ago, Auburn pushed and pushed and pushed. And uh, yesterday, the door flew open. So, I mean, what a huge day for Auburn. And I just want to talk a little bit about some of the guys I'm excited about. And it's guys, really, that, that Auburn won over yesterday. I mean, Jeremiah Pegues, the Oxford kid from Mississippi, they beat Alabama for. And, you know, I mean, it, it, it seems like it's now almost a little weird that Alabama's not winning the, the signing class championship because they did it so many years in a row. But, I mean, this is a guy that Alabama really wanted because he picked Auburn over Alabama. That's really how Auburn started their day yesterday. And just uh, listed as an athlete, Auburn's playing him at tight end is what he was recruited at. I'm curious what that looks like. I'm curious if that's actually like an attached tight end, like, hey, we want you to block, or I wonder if it's tied end in, in the role that we kind of saw Spencer Nye do as far as like having an H back. Because we've seen Auburn kind of use those interchangeably I don't think that's a great thing unless you just kind of want to use personnel to keep guys on the field. But it's going to be interesting to see what Malzahn does with this. Uh, Malzahn recruited this guy. Malzahn was Jeremiah Piggies' re- recruiter. And I think that says something. that The head coach was like, hey, I want this guy, the offensive-minded head coach. Because there were some schools that were kind of looking at him as an athlete saying, you may be a defensive end. But I'm curious to see if he's more like a Sal Canella role. Do they try to put a guy in that can block um, I, I'm excited to see how they work it. I, I, I really am. So, that's, uh, that's, and just looking at his numbers here. I mean, he is six three, two eighty five. Once again, a, a guy that I'm stoked about. Another guy that I'm really excited about. They flipped Miami commit, Romello Height, and we, Michael and I talked about him briefly yesterday. Some people have him as a four-star buck. A lot of places have him as a three-star guy. But regardless, like 6'5", 215. He's got the frame that you can work with. Uh, He's going to put some size on it. And I'm sure Rodney Garner is just totally jazzed about this. I'm thinking height has the – I I wouldn't be shocked if he has a Carl Lawson-esque physique when he's said and done at Auburn as far as his ability to impact – Opposing quarterbacks in the passing game. I like what he's going to be able to do. Um, some other guys that I'm excited about: Desmond Tisdale. Uh, Auburn got him over Tennessee yesterday. That's exciting. And then also four-star linebacker Wesley Steiner. And by the way, um, God, who tweeted at me yesterday? I got to go back and uh, I got to go back and find it now because it was such a good tweet. You know, we love nicknames here on the Locked On uh, on the Locked On Auburn podcast. And uh, oh man, why am I having a hard time saying it? Steven tweets at us at Locked on Auburn, early entrant into the best Auburn football nickname, Wesley Frankensteiner. I don't know why we're even doing this anymore. That's fantastic. Michael just came in studio. What do you think of that nickname? Wesley Frankensteiner. That's the moneymaker right there. It's all downhill from there, right?
0: Mm hmm. Mm
2: hmm. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so extremely athletic linebackers coming that are going to be joining Owen Papo. Trenton Simpson was kind of supposed to be in that group. He decommitted, but I think with that Desmond Tisdal get yesterday, I think that kind of secures, like, all right, this is the group after the current guard of linebackers that, that Coach Travis Williams has, Is um, I think this is kind of the future following the current group, and the current group's pretty stinking good. Uh, A lot of excitement about Elijah Canyon, the big play receiver. Dan Mullen wanted this kid. He was committed to Auburn, and and he stayed true, but there was a lot of talk about he's from Hollywood, Florida, and I don't know how close Hollywood, Florida is to Gainesville, so I don't know how big that pull was, but regardless, the the big state school in Florida wanted him to stay in state, and Auburn was able to lure him out of that. So Dan Mullen, known as an offensive guy, and obviously Gus Malzahn is as well, but Auburn continues to get exciting wide receivers. Um, obviously Tank Bigsby was a big deal. Um, there are two guys that did not sign that, that are part of Auburn's class currently but are not official, did not send their LOIs in yesterday. One of them was an offensive tackle, Jonathan Buskey. Uh, Michael, you and I kind of referenced the, some of the JUCO tackles that, that are a part of this class. Jonathan Buskey one of those guys. He's still working on his academics, so Auburn, uh, Auburn wasn't quite ready to take him. But there's hope that the Tigers could sign him in February. And then the other guy was four star strong side defensive end, Jay Hardy. And he was saying that he was out of town for a basketball event yesterday, but he still could have signed. There were other people that were doing other things with other sports yesterday that signed throughout the country. So he he could have signed if he really wanted to. There's a lot of concern among some folks in the Auburn fan base in regards to are they going to let him, is Tennessee going to let him out of Tennessee? And um, apparently, folks within Auburn feel good about it, but that's that's one that's going to have to wait until February, and that's going to be a, that's going to be a tricky one.
0: I was on the drive yesterday with uh, with Bill Cameron and Jason Caldwell of Inside the Auburn Tigers. Joined the show, and he said that the reason Jay Hardy couldn't sign was because his parents are in Chattanooga and he is in Florida. So I guess like legally, I guess their parents have to sign their. NLIs, um,
2: it's still interesting to me because it's not like signing day was one day. Like he could do it to- today, he could do it tomorrow. Um, but they're th- they're wanting him to wait till February. I, I don't I don't have a good feeling about it. If I'm being honest really? with you, I, he I, I did don't. Not,
0: Jason did not seem concerned, and he seems to know a lot, a ton more about recruiting than I do. So yeah. Well, it, yeah.
2: And, and I, I've read stuff, you know, with, with people who know a heck of a lot more than I do as well that, that have kind of saying different. So, hopefully, I mean, if yeah. you want to look at it through orange and blue glasses, it's like that's that's the reason. This, he was traveling, he was away from his folks, and they, they couldn't do that. So, we'll see. I mean, from from an Auburn standpoint, hopefully that's the case. Auburn's expecting to take 25 guys. And so they signed 22 yesterday. And if you assume Jonathan Buskey and Jay Hardy are in that group, that's 24. So, that kind of gives Auburn the opportunity that. Do they go all in a one guy? And I, I think that's kind of what you do. I'm uh, I'm curious to see the Busky situation moving forward because like you've got mm-hmm. your tackles, um, and with the JUCO guy, I mean you want JUCO players in as early as possible because you don't have them for that long. So you want them to be ready their first the first time they're able to get the chance to play. And if he's not enrolling until the summer, that's going to put him in a big big disadvantage so i'm curious i'm curious how much bringing busky in at this point actually helps you
0: yeah that's a a super interesting point that i definitely would not have thought of uh and I, i bet a lot of people out there haven't thought of it either uh i know gus malzahn said yesterday that they're still looking at some grad transfers also um some people i saw thought that the way he was talking they thought that he had someone in mind, or it seemed like Gus had someone in mind when he was talking about grad transfers. They didn't know who it was. I have no idea who it is. Um, that'll be interesting, though. Yeah, coming up, I want to ask you a grad, uh, grad transfer question in
2: just a moment. Uh, yeah, that, that is coming up, as well as uh, some voicemails right here on the Locked on Auburn podcast. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Ago, and uh, if, you, if you could pick what position group Auburn brings in a grad transfer in, what, gra- what, what position are you picking? Like, let's assume in a perfect world, this is the last spot, and you could bring in a grad transfer, an experienced veteran player that's startable. What position group are you picking?
0: Probably offensive line, like guard, offensive guard. Still.
2: You're you're still going offensive line after bringing in all those guys yesterday?
0: Yeah, but most of those guys are true freshmen. And a lot of times when you bring in true freshmen offensive line, their technique is not very good. I mean, that's the biggest issue, right? Is that, excuse me, they're usually just bigger and stronger than everyone in high school. And then when you get to college, you got to focus more on technique and footwork.
2: I'm not trying to tell you you're wrong. I'm just asking you questions here, though. But, like, I mean, a lot of the Auburn has offensive linemen on campus, they're mm -hmm. just not tackles. And so it's like, you know.
0: uh, But it seems like they are expecting one of these JUCO guys to be a tackle and then Bordarius Ham to be the other tackle, right? I don't know.
2: I don't know. I I don't know. I I guess I I, I've heard good things about Cam Stutt, so you know that maybe that's one of your guards. But uh, you got two guards,
0: so I mean maybe your point's valid there. Look, I'm just thinking you get an another experienced body on campus, someone else to throw in the mix there. My other answer would be defensive back. Just. To have, if you can get a guy who has started games before and played a full sixty minutes, and then mm-hmm. to to bring him on, I still think that leadership will be big. Obviously, you know we've talked about it before. These guys that are going to play in the secondary next year, they've all played, but having a guy who who has been a starter and a, and yeah, hopefully a leader before that would be cool. Also, I don't really know where else you put a grad transfer. My answer is defensive tackle into your defensive line. Really? Yeah.
2: Yeah, just because of the way Rodney Garner likes to rotate guys, there's not a Derrick Brown on this team next year. There's not a guy that's going to play the majority of the snaps inside. I don't think. I don't think, especially with the way stuff has changed and offenses have changed. I said stuff, like I know what I'm talking about. Like offenses have changed in the SEC. I mean, you Mm -hmm. saw it firsthand with LSU. You're seeing it with Alabama. I think you're going to see it at some point with Texas A&M. you got to play Ole Miss now. I mean, all of these spread teams that are happening – you you need guys that are able to, to rotate and push the pocket back from the inside. And so there are some guys like Connus Miller that, that you like. Um, I think
0: Tyrone Truesdale is going to be a absolute behemoth next season.
2: But, okay, then, all right, so you, you take him out because he has to breathe. Then what? <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: Yes, yes, I do know what you mean. So
2: I, 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 I agree with you. I think Tyrone Truesdale is going to be a stud, but I don't know... I'm not seeing the clear cut okay who's after him.
0: Yeah. That's true. Th-
2: that that's 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 my concern. Yeah. So but then it's like are you going to bring in a grad transfer is are you know is a grad transfer going to want to come to Auburn to be a backup and a rotation rotation guy? Like, that's Or even that's a, tough.
0: Uh, even a starter in a rotation like that. I mean Yeah.
2: Yeah. I c-
0: Yeah. I mean those those defensive linemen like you said he plays he's fine playing 11 guys so if uh it's like you're a starter and kind of in name only, right? Because a ton of guys get a bunch of snaps.
2: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16 car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. All right, let's take a look at some voicemails. We would love to, uh, to hear from you. Yesterday, we posed the question, Michael, which, which uh, guys coming in are you most excited about? And, and I put the caveat in there, outside of, of Tank, Bigsby.
0: Just cause so, I, if they say Tank, are we going to hang up on them?
2: I've listened to them both. They don't say Tank, so that's good. That's good. All right, so uh, here is, uh, here, here's the first one.
3: Hey, guys. It's Ricky from Atlanta. Hey, Ricky. Um, it's Colin. Uh, I just listened to the show um, about finding me. Um I looked to it after we got Eric Reed Jr. as well. So going four out of five in those recruiting battles is you know, fantastic Huge. for us. I think we've done a really great job in recruiting. Um, y'all were asking at the end of the last show about, you know, a you were excited for outside of Tank, Bigsby. Um, I'm really excited about Desmond Sisdall. Um, I think I mentioned in the previous voicemail that um, he's actually my second cousin. Um, but Wilcox County, um, his high school, which is also where Nick Marshall uh, went to high school, um, has been putting out a lot of different, ad- a lot of great different athletes. And he has crazy athleticism. Yeah. Um, you know, being a linebacker, also playing running back, um, he is a freak. Um, and going with him, with Owen Papo and Wesley Steiner. Uh, this linebacker core is going to be freaking insane. Um, I know T. Will going to be smaller from year to year, but um, I'm really excited about him, you know, getting to go to Auburn and um, what he's going to add you know, to our defense. So, um, but you know, I love the show. Uh, thanks so much for taking my call and working with
2: that. Hey, thank you so much, Ricky. Yeah, if you know him, help us get him on the show before he enrolls. That'd be awesome. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, lo- looking at his his two four seven page and just like the analytics that they do and all that, six foot. 215, you got to love that. Uh, you know, you, you wish he was a little bit taller, but he's able to move so well. And I, I'm just going to read what they have here. And, and the lowest thing is his size. And I think that's the biggest knock against him is he's six foot, but can't do anything about that. Well, but his play in space is a 10 out of 10. Instinct's 9 out of 10. Lateral movement a 9. Coverage ability, 9. Athleticism, 9. Tackling, 9. Striking ability, 7. And then size is 5. So, I mean, his ability to move is up there. It's just, you know, how... How big, uh, you know, how big of an issue is that size going to be?
0: If he's... I I believe when we were talking with uh, Jason Caldwell yesterday, Jason Caldwell's, his uh, comparison for Tisdall was Robin Therese. Robinson Therese? Robinson Therese, sorry. And he, uh, because at the time when Therese played here... Yeah, he played star. Yeah, there wasn't really... Offenses didn't have, like, that nickel position, basically, where if, uh, if, if we had that for Therese, he would have thrived. Kind of a, a, a safety U.S. to cover people, basically. Mm-hmm. And it's, it sounds like Tisdall, with the athleticism that he has, is going to be perfect for that position because, you know, he'll be able to come up and thump in the run game and still be able to cover people.
2: My first tweet that really blew up on Auburn Twitter was when Robinson Therese, I think he, he had a pick six against Ole Miss. I think that's when Wallace was their quarterback. But anyway, I tweeted, easy peasy, Robinson Therese. Ooh. People ate it up. People ate it up. But I, I, yeah, I, I think Desmond Tisdall's a, a huge get. And also... Just what it means. I mean, you mentioned this yesterday. Tennessee's got it going on in the recruiting world, mm-hmm. so I think that uh, I think it sends a message of saying, "Hey, you know, Auburn could go up into Tennessee and get those guys." So, uh, yeah. All right.
4: Listen, to, uh, this is Wardam Randy. Super early. Good morning to you all on the Locked On we Auburn like podcast show this morning. this, morning. Yeah. this is uh, Wardam Randy at work, and uh, was listening to yesterday's podcast this morning, and um, got a question asked that: uh, Who was your most, who were you excited about, rather? Uh, as far as it's recruiting outside of Tank, and wanted to comment on that with uh, Elijah Cannon mm-hmm. and Davion Capers. Those two big-bodied, long, athletic receivers, I think, will make Auburn's offense passing, um, unlike anything that we've seen in a little while. Um, we've recruited a lot of guys, a lot of great talent. Hasn't been the biggest or tallest guys uh, but I think that we're going to see the benefits of having longer um, receivers to yeah. go up and get balls in the uh, in the end zone uh, when we get inside the other red zone uh, more efficiently. Uh, and it also looks like Bo, Bo Nix may have what this year anyway as a, as a freshman um, threw the ball when he threw the ball to a lot of our receivers. He was throwing to it looks like taller taller guys is what he was used to because um, he would put them all on the receivers. It just, a lot of the times was too high, but I no, think having a, these huge point. receivers is going to help that out a lot. I uh, wanted to comment on that really quick. War Eagle, back to work I go. Y'all have a good one.
2: Hey, enjoy work. Ward. Am Randy, I appreciate the call. And I'm really sorry.
0: You have to be at work at four. Yeah.
2: yeah I was at work when I got the voicemail, so I can, uh, I can relate. And uh, yeah, I, I should have read this at the beginning of uh, I should have read the number out. If you want to call, we'd love to hear your thoughts on which incoming guys you're most excited about. 205-502-4285. That's a good point about Bo throwing to big guys. I mean, obviously he had the most success with Seth, but maybe that's why he liked throwing to Sal Canella so much is you know the, just kind of those 50-50 balls. I, I think that's a good observation. Yeah, looking at these guys, Elijah Canyon is, uh, is 6'3", 190, which is great. But then you look at Zavian Capers, 6'3". 195. So, I mean, these guys uh, these guys have some size to them, uh, and they're, they're just going to get bigger. My, uh, my biggest question is, you know, what is their path to playing time, right? So, uh, this year, I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of them. Maybe you see one or two of these guys step up, and, you know, we talked about, yes, like Kobe Hudson's the guy that's on campus, you know, he, he, he's already, he, he apparently practiced yesterday, uh, wrote a report saying that, so that's wild. But I, I have a hard time seeing you know, more than just one freshman receiver playing this year. So then what, is, what, is their, uh, what does their impact look like down the road once Seth and Schwartz and all these guys, you know, the current regime at receiver, leave? And so you look at it then, all right, when they're sophomores, Bo Nix would be a junior, and that's kind of when you're expecting him to peak, if you're an Auburn fan, watching this guy grow up, uh, especially in Chad Morris' offense and that's when, you've, um, that's when you've got to click. So can these guys be ready by their sophomore year? We've seen Auburn recruit these big guys before, and it hadn't worked out. And you know, Marquise McLean just transferred out, and there's been other guys too. I mean, Kyle Davis comes to mind as well. These guys just haven't clicked for whatever reason. Well, now you, you got more than one, so I guess the odds are helping you out a little bit more. But, I mean, Cody Burns did a great job putting this class together, and there, there's been talk, I'll talk about this on my morning show this morning, there's been talk about Cody Burns, and there's been some criticisms in regards to wide receiver play at Auburn since he's been since he's been here. And I don't think you can really argue that, but you can look at who he's got on campus and say, wow, he's done a good job bringing these guys in. And yeah, the two that uh, the two that Randy just mentioned, um,
0: I think fits the bill. I think this shows a another progression that Gus Malzon is making in his offense. I mean. For as long as he's been here, it seems like he has relied mostly on those quick, speedy receivers who can get open or can get deep. You know, he doesn't typically use these big-bodied guys who can, you know, who use their bodies more to uh, to make catches and things.
2: Well, well, I've seen a lot of people say this. So, like uh, a few years ago, when Auburn played Mizzou in the SEC Championship, I guess that was twenty thirteen. They had, I think it was Dorial Green Beckham on that team, mm-hmm. if, if I remember correctly, and you know he was just big guy and like Auburn couldn't cover him, and so everyone came out and was like, why doesn't Auburn go get these big wide receivers? It seems like they always get beat by these big wide receivers. You know they got toasted by Mike Evans earlier that year, so that was kind of the mantra of that off season. And I'm like, everyone wants these big wide receivers. There's not many out there. There's not many out there. So I mean. Sure, Malzon is like the shifty guys, but that's really all he's had until Seth Williams. And, you know, he had Duke, and, you know, he mm-hmm. used Duke well until some off the field issues kind of got him off the team. But I just don't think there's really been any big guys like that that have been playable for Auburn until. Um, until now so I mean we'll we'll see we'll see if they can get on the field
0: I guess I I don't know enough about recruiting to know if Gus Malzahn goes after these guys and hasn't been able to get them until now if that's the case I'm very glad they're getting them now I always took it as Gus clearly really values speed in his offense And so I always thought that he wanted the fast guys, like similar to what Chip Kelly was doing at Oregon, where he was like, "I don't care how many stars they have, if they can run a four two, get them on campus."
2: I think when you look at the the twenty thirteen and fourteen, or really the twenty fourteen season specifically, I mean, you had Sammy Coates and Duke Williams. That was your one and two. Mm -hmm. I mean, those are big receivers. I don't think they were like you know six four or anything like that, but I mean, they were they were big receivers. Sammy was thick. And, yeah, you know, Sammy it,
0: was a thick dude. I, I never knew how tall he was.
2: Yeah, and then, you know, Duke was very physical as well. And, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. he kind of had the persona of, you know, being a big bodied wide receiver. They sent him over, you know, in that big slot role. They kind of made that big slot role in the
0: offense for him. It's kind of when you saw that take place in Malzon's offense. So, anyway, I think this is an evolution of the offense. Clearly, they're trying to expand the passing game. They threw it more this year than they ever have before. They brought in Chad Morris, who throws the ball a lot. I'm excited to see where this is going.
2: Follow Michael on Twitter at CouchPapTato. Follow me on Twitter at ZBlackerby. And hey, join the uh, the Locked On Auburn Capital One Bowl Mania Pick'em. We'd love to we'd love to have you as a part of that. I think over forty folks have joined that, so please join uh, join us and other listeners. And um, yeah, I would love to uh, to beat you. You know what I'm saying. So thanks again for listening to the show. We'll be back tomorrow. This has been another edition of the Locked On Auburn Podcast.